0: Welcome to the Life You Podcast. In this season, the Spirit is calling our church family to explore four spiritual practices, fervent prayer and worship, tending to Scripture, sharing our faith stories, and serving the neighbor courageously and generously. This interview-based podcast will feature members of the St. Andrews family, reflecting on how to cultivate a rich spiritual life that delights in the gospel message. To learn more about Life You, go to standrews.org. And now, enjoy the conversation. Hello, St. Andrew's friends. Welcome to the Life You Podcast. I have an awesome guest today, Stephanie Anderson Tell Show. Welcome. We're so happy to have you.
1: Thank you so much. It's really good to be with you.
0: Stephanie, you do such great work here in our church family. I wonder if you'd tell us, uh, you know, you're the direct, uh, Deacon and Director of Faith Engagement. Tell us a little bit about uh, the, the work that you do.
1: Yeah, thanks for asking. Uh, so yeah, Director of Faith Engagement, the sort of buckets of work that I oversee at St. Andrew's would be hospitality ministry. So working with our volunteer teams and our worship volunteers, and making sure that St. Andrews is a welcoming place. I also work with our new member ministry. So I often talk about how in such a large place like St. Andrews, it is so helpful to have a staff person whose job it is to make sure that people feel known and welcomed and plugged in to the wider congregation. So I have the gift of walking with our new members. And then I also, um, My sort of background and experience and honestly, a lot of my passion um, is in young adult ministry. So ministry for folks in their 20s and early 30s. It's a lot of what I've done in my professional experience. And I have a, a real heart for the unique challenges and like endless joys of this season of life. So we are in the process of imagining what that could look like at St. Andrews. But again, for folks in... In their twenties and early thirties, mm-hmm. for ministry for
0: them. Yeah, and in so many ways, Stephanie, I feel like that is really one of the biggest challenges. But there are just so many joys it mm-hmm. working with people in that group, whether they're people who are going to college or people who are, you know, gone different vocational routes or whatever it might be. Working with with young adults is just so tremendously rewarding, and I think you uh, just have a great imagination for it. So I am really looking forward to seeing how the spirit leads our church in that direction.
1: Yeah, thanks. Thanks.
0: Yeah, you bet. Well, Stephanie, we're going to talk today about uh, storytelling because as you know, this whole month, we've been thinking about telling our faith stories in authentic and compelling ways. And I know you, storytelling is such an important part of who you are and and some of the research and work you've done educationally. So just give us some sense of kind of the place that storytelling holds in your heart.
1: For sure. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Thanks for, thanks for asking. I was thrilled when we started planning for life, you, and thank you Michael for the ways that you have taught us and supported us in this like ongoing program. (laughs) um, I was so thrilled to see that telling our faith story was one of the four spiritual practices. A because I personally think that it's uh, really hard and it's the one where I sort of need the most, Guidance and encouragement, um, and also because I've seen it be really, really powerful in communities of faith. So, I guess I'll, I'll start by sharing a little bit about what it means to be a deacon. Um, so, folks are usually quite familiar with what it means to be a pastor in the Lutheran Church, someone who's called to word and sacrament. Deacons are folks who um, have a theological education who also went to seminary, but they're called to serve the church. to word and service. So it's intentionally left pretty vague. There are deacons who serve as hospital chaplains. There are deacons who might run a nonprofit or a homeless initiative in their town. And like me, there are deacons who work in congregations as well. Um, But again, called to word and service. And another way we would talk about the call of deacon is the call to serve at the threshold of the church and the world. And so the way I've understood that, especially over the last handful of years, is that sometimes in my life, certainly professionally, I've been called to spaces in the church where I've worked very specifically for a congregation or a ministry. And sometimes in my life, I've been called to spaces that are much more secular. I spent a couple of years working at the University of Minnesota. Um, and, and the call as, as deacon, and I would say actually the call For all of us as people of faith is no matter where it is you find yourself rooted your call is to sort of reflect the other into that space so when i am finding myself in a secular space my call in this world is to remind the world of the gifts of the church and Hmm. to sort of bring faith into that setting in any way that i can and then on, on the other side of that coin is when I find myself, like right now, rooted more deeply in a call at a church or in a ministry setting, um, my call is to make sure that we as people of faith are also tending to and aware of the needs of the world and the gifts of the world outside of our own walls as well.
0: As that is I share a, that, oh, oh, sorry, Stephanie. I just wanted to... You, I'll let you continue. I just want to say that is such a fascinating way to think about your vocation. And I am going to think more about that. I love it. Keep going. Sorry.
1: Please do. I would love to talk more about it. And again, one of the, one of the ongoing questions I have, um, just to be really honest is, you know, I, I articulate that as the call of a deacon, but I'll say again, I think that's our call as people of faith. So Hmm. we sort of set aside this, what we would say as roster in the ELCA, we set aside this calling of deacon, but really I, i pretty firmly believe that all people of faith are called to word and to service. So we'll chew on that another time, the call of deacon and how it translates to, to all of us. Um, but what I share that background, A, to give some context for what on earth it needs to be a deacon, because it's still something that we're all learning together, uh, but also to share that along this journey, this this call that I've come to, I've seen storytelling as a really powerful tool to do exactly that, to stand at that threshold between church and world and like offer them to one another in really compelling and thoughtful ways. Um, so if you wouldn't mind, I'll share a little bit about um, where I've seen that done. So I, I lived for about six years in Chicago. That's where I went to seminary. It's where I discerned this call to diaconal ministry. And while I was there, um, I worked for a program called Young Adults and Global Mission. It's a program that's based out of the Global Mission Unit at the National Office of the Lutheran Church. And my job on a small team was to send young adults abroad for a year of international service. And they would serve in a part of the world alongside a Lutheran companion church in that place. So the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Southern Africa or the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Hungary Mm -hmm. or the Evangelical Lutheran Church of Argentina. um, They served alongside these partners. And then much of my work was also welcoming them back to the United States and and helping them sort of land back here and figure out how it was this like monumental year in their life was going to affect the rest of their life. Um, Okay, so I was doing that full time. That was my job. And I was in seminary and then part of seminary um, included like a really part time internship alongside a congregation. And I was placed with St. Luke's Lutheran Church of Logan Square, uh, which at the time was um, a pretty small congregation, though much bigger than they had been. They had almost closed their doors just a handful of years before. And their pastor, Pastor Eric Christensen, um, he had been a community organizer, and he was uh, just just a really thoughtful and phenomenal gift in that he um, invited the community into into the church and was interviewed on NPR and used his community organizing skills to really connect the congregation to the wider community. Hmm. And while I was uh, doing this internship with them, they made the really painful and difficult decision to sell their building. They had this like hundred and something year old Massive, beautiful building in Chicago that had tens of thousands of dollars of deferred maintenance and wasn't going to serve them anymore. And so they took this giant leap of faith. They sold their building and they moved into a little storefront down the road. And I got to watch this community figure out how it was they were going to define themselves as a community of faith without all of the programming that had defined them before so they could no longer host meals for the community Mm. they could no longer do their um they had like community yoga classes they had um community events They, they had a fellowship hall that was just no longer and so they um they did a whole bunch of intentional processing together and they actually Um, hired an artist in residence who was a Disciples of Christ pastor. Her name is Pastor Rebecca Anderson, a professional storyteller and stand-up comedian. And she worked with the congregation uh, and did some one-on-one coaching. And they had uh, people in the pews every Sunday get up and share a story with the community about how they, as a person of faith, were living out the values of the church in their life. So maybe it was a story about their workplace, maybe it was a story about their family, but it helped the community understand their call as wider than what happened within those walls and that they as a community of faith had a story, had a narrative of faith that was extending well beyond uh, just, just their time together on Sundays.
0: Wow, that's incredible. And so storytelling sort of became a way for them I, 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 what I love about this is it's story. It's like storytelling in kind of the fam, church family context. I think a lot of the focus this month has been on kind of individual storytelling.
1: Mm-hmm. And, and
0: there's part of that in what you're telling as well. But you're also yeah. talking about it in terms of like, where is this family going? Like, what is God yeah. calling this congregation to? There's mm-hmm. kind of a community element to it that I think is, has to a certain degree been uh, missing from how we as a church have been thinking about. Uh, storytelling, uh, faith storytelling.
1: Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. The question I remember us asking together was who are we mm-hmm. as this community? Um, yeah. And it it really, I'd say, dramatically altered my own understanding of a faith community and how we live out um, the values that we proclaim together. And you could imagine I,
0: that. Yeah, go ahead. Sorry.
1: No, please, please.
0: You, you know, you could imagine that happening in so many different contexts, like, you know, for Martin Luther, the family was such an important uh, kind of space mm-hmm. where faith formation occurred. So like, what would it be like as a family to say, you know, how is God at work here in our family? What is God calling us as a family to, you know, to serve our neighborhood or where, you know, whatever it might be. And you could just imagine that question being so generative in so many different contexts.
1: Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I saw that question to go back to this work that I did with these um, amazing young adults through the YAGAM program. YAGAM, by the way, is the yes. super <laughs> awkward acronym that goes with young yes. adults and global mission. It's um, really
0: awkward, but you get used to it. <laughs>
1: it's so awkward, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, so I watched these young adults and, I, and young adults specifically, because I think this is a unique thing again to this season of life. But what we did in this like final project I was working on for seminary and in calling them together to do some storytelling was to invite them to share a story of faith to a secular audience without using sort of traditionally faithful language. Hmm. So the challenge was, how do you tell a story maybe of your time abroad when you were a volunteer or maybe, maybe about a story here in the States, um, but how do you share with the world uh, these truths and this promise that you know to be true in your bones mm. um, without using words that you might normally hear on a Sunday morning? Not that those words are, are bad or unhelpful. We, we know them and we love them within mm-hmm. our own context. But I know for a lot of young people, um, their peers and their community, uh, either don't have much experience with the church, and so those words feel very foreign and unhelpful to them, or they've been really hurt by institutions of the church and don't really want anything to do with it. And so I watched these young people um, come back and to take on this challenge of figuring out how to articulate these stories of faith in ways that, that their audiences would hear. And and in ways um, that might offer a glimpse to people about exactly like you said how God was working in their lives.
0: Hmm. Wow. Well, I wonder, Stephanie, as we kind of slide into home here, um, what uh, what are you what are you kind of learning as you engage around storytelling this month with our uh, friends here at St. Andrews?
1: Yeah. So I have, uh, really had the gift of working alongside one of our workshops. It's the storytelling workshop with pastor Andrea Roski Metcalf.
0: Yes. Um,
1: And for those of you who don't know her or who haven't been able to be a part of the workshop, she's an ELCA pastor, uh, who lives and works here in the Twin Cities. Um, I know her from this work with the Gagum program a handful of years ago, and she, she's phenomenal in a million ways. One of those ways is that she, um, does like stand up storytelling with the NPR Moth Hour. So if anyone's familiar with mm-hmm. the Moth storytelling that happens through NPR, Andrea like consistently goes to their open mic nights. I mean pre-COVID, right? But goes to their <laughs> open mic nights and wins.
0: She That's says, unreal.
1: <laughs> it's unreal. It's unreal. And in 2017, um, I had the gift of seeing her win the Moth Grand Slam. Like the when you win and win and win and win, you get to go to the Grand Slam. And she won it at the Fitzgerald Theater in St. Paul. Um, And she now offers these workshops to congregations to help um, all of us figure out uh, how to tell honest and compelling short stories about the ways that God is at work in our lives. And again, uh, it's not always explicitly with language of faith. And that I think is really powerful. So we've been able to, um, we're a group of about 30 in this workshop. And we've been able this last week to start workshopping stories. So people hmm. come prepared to the class. It's all over Zoom. And they come prepared with a five minute vignette. Um, and we are the theme, the prompt we've given is about wilderness as we look ahead to Ash Wednesday and to Lent. And so people are sharing with one another stories of where they've experienced wilderness in their life. Um and then we, as a group, receive their story, celebrate with them, offer feedback about okay, you said this thing, um, and you don't need to say that, or you might mm. add this here, and and helping them create uh, a story that people can receive, and again, uh, maybe hear the ways that God is at work in in that person's life and experience. So. Well, again wow. we're just a couple weeks into it it's super fun it's super powerful andrea is amazing and i'm mostly just floored by the courage of folks to show up to this it's no small thing to like craft a story and then to like sort of awkwardly share it over zoom and receive feedback about that but it's been a huge gift to just learn a little bit more about one another through these,
0: yeah. through these stories
1: it and i'll make- give up Oh, go, ahead. go
0: ahead, please. No, no, I want to hear what you, what the rest of you are going well, to say. I was going to give
1: all. a little plug. What, what our hope um, is is that on Monday, February fifteenth, so just two days before Ash Wednesday, we're going to offer an open mic night to the whole congregation, and anyone who took this workshop will be invited to share their story. And so, if you're interested in hearing about um, how folks among you here at St. Andrews might share a five minute story about wilderness, come and listen. Um, we'll just, we'll share back-to-back stories that night and folks are excited and eager to, um, stretch their legs a little bit in terms of storytelling in a more public way.
0: Oh, this, no, that gets exactly to what I was going to ask you. I wondered if there's a way to kind of showcase these stories and maybe we we can talk about this off air, but, um, maybe, uh, we can even publish those to the podcast if we, you know, if we do a recording of them.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's a great idea.
0: I think people could love that. Stephanie, you are doing such great work. It's such a blessing to see how the Spirit is using you and your ministry uh, in, in our midst, and, and uh, we're just blessed to have you. Thank you so much for your time today.
1: Thank you so much, Michael. Have a great rest of your day.
0: This has been a production of St. Andrew's Lutheran Church in Matamidi, Minnesota. To find out more information about St. Andrew's or about You, go to standrews.org. Thank you for listening.